the Miami Hurricanes reach into the transfer portal yet again and come away with an instant impact player. I am your host, Alex Dono, University of Miami alum and longtime pre- and post-game host on the Miami Hurricanes radio network. Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen each and every day. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is proudly brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. You know, just yesterday, we had our weekly conversation with John Garcia Jr. about recruiting. And I ended that interview saying to John, you know, hopefully the next time we talk, we can talk about Miami reaching into the transfer portal and coming away with another out of nowhere edition. Bros, less than 24 hours later, Miami has done it. So Miami pulls out a player that uh, I truly believe is going to help Miami address one of their areas of biggest weakness, and that's the pass rush and the overall defensive line play. Akeem Mesador is officially a Miami Hurricane transferring away from West Virginia. Folks, two years at WVU, Mesador was a freshman All-American in 2020 and all Big 12 this past season. Six foot two, about 265 pounds, somewhere between 265 and 270. And I think the most important thing that Mesador brings to the table, because you've seen a trend on this with players that Miami's pulling out of the portal. Jacob Lichtenstein was one who just had a really good spring game from Miami. He transferred in a few months ago from USC. Versatility. Lichtenstein is capable of playing defensive tackle or defensive end, right? Same thing with Akeem Mesador. He played defensive end his first season at West Virginia, moved in more and played defensive tackle the second year. He's actually lined up at Mike Linebacker before. So when you talk about versatility, Akeem Mesador can play everywhere on that defensive line, just about anywhere in that front seven. And my friends, we talked about this just yesterday, okay? Miami last year, 2021, was really missing the sort of pass rush that they had the two years prior to that, right? Because 2019 was the big breakout year for Gregory Russo. 2020 was the big breakout year for Jalen Phillips. Both of them ended up being first-round picks in the National Football League. Miami is now adding that sort of talent again in the portal. Hakeem Mesidor, again, some of the transfers that Miami has added, like you look at you know, uh, some of the offensive linemen that they've added in the portal, you know, are guys that you look at, okay, maybe they're going to be more depth players, right? Not going to be impact guys right away in the starting lineup. I think Mesador can end up being one of Miami's best players his first year with the Miami Hurricanes. Take a look at some of Akeem Mesador's stats. Last two years at West Virginia, 70 tackles, 14 and a half tackles for a loss, nine and a half sacks. Uh, he's Canadian. He's originally from Ottawa. He did play, um, I think, a year uh, prep school in Clearwater, Clearwater Academy International in Florida. Uh, was the a little bit ranked kind of low coming out of high school, but this is someone I think exceeded expectations when he got to WVU. 647th player overall, 28th strong side defensive, 86th in Florida for the class of 2019. Uh, look at a couple of his other stats. Let's break them down year by year. 
So his first season at WVU, and uh, I think the consensus was he was actually better even as a freshman than as a sophomore, but I think that had more to do with the position he was playing because he's a little bit more natural as a pass rusher than an interior guy, and he played that role the first year, not the second year. Uh, but he got five sacks, six and a half tackles for a loss as a true freshman in 2020. That's when he was named Freshman All-American. Uh, and was second team Big 12 that year as well. Last year, he was credited with four and a half sacks, 33 quarterback pressures. That's the eighth best in the country amongst Power 5 defensive tackles. Uh, in he 608 snaps taken last season was the was most effective as a pass rusher. This is noted by our friend Gabby Yerudia in 24/7 Sports. Uh, was most effective as a pass rusher, earning a 75.6 grade when getting after the quarterback. Now, this is one of those things where anytime you've got a player, and it happens so much these days, a player leave one university for another in the transfer portal. I think the reactions for the people who cover and root for the team the player is departing from are really important, okay? Because sometimes you'll get a transfer and the fans of the team he's leaving are like, all right, whatever, so what? Or we didn't really like this guy anyway. Good luck to you in your next spot. Mesidor leaving West Virginia for a number of different reasons. It's ruffling a lot of feathers there in Morgantown. And I want to revisit this story within the next couple of days or the next week. I'm going to track down a couple of folks I know who cover the West Virginia Mountaineers so we can get a little bit more in depth on his departure. But, I mean, first of all, if Mesidor wasn't a relevant player, because I think this guy has the type of skills, size, and ability where he could be a future NFLer, if Mesidor wasn't that good, you wouldn't have folks in Morgantown being so upset about him leaving. But the way that he left was also a little bit controversial because when he entered the portal earlier this month, it was like one day, it was on a Tuesday, he seemed really happy, was in team meetings, didn't seem like there was anything wrong. And then by Wednesday, they're announcing, oh, he's on his way out, right? And he's not the first West Virginia Mountaineer to, uh, to hit the portal and wind up in Miami. Earlier in the cycle, Miami added Daryl Porter Jr., cornerback, who's pretty well-regarded guy, but didn't nearly draw the ire from the West Virginia faithful when he left, as Mesidor did when he left. Uh, and Mesidor now coming over. There is a common denominator when it comes to defensive coaching because Jamila Adai, who was at West Virginia a couple of years ago, he's now Miami's defensive backs coach. Jamila Adai was at West Virginia, and so he obviously knows Daryl Porter very well. I'm sure he knows Akeem Mesidor very well. So they had a good idea of what sort of a situation they were stepping into with the Miami Hurricanes. But I think with the, the suddenness of how Mesidor's uh, arrival or his departure through the portal was announced there at West Virginia, caught a lot of people, including a lot of people on staff there, really off guard. And I know that folks there are pretty angry at the reason he cited for leaving. And I, I think the administration there felt blindsided by it. Here was a statement that Mesidor made. Despite the recent media conference and public speculation, I have decided to transfer for my overall well-being and in pursuit of a better environment for my development on and off the field, he wrote. 
These last 48 hours have been extremely challenging, and at times I felt unsafe on campus, he said. Uh, everybody on messaged me on social media, insulting me and my family, he said. Also, not too long ago, one of our teammates was stabbed. So what could really happen? They all loved me when I was at West Virginia and sacrificing my body out there, he told 24-7 Sports. Now that I want to find a place that's a better fit for me, I'm public enemy number one. Everyone on the outside looking in doesn't know what I've done and what I've sacrificed for West Virginia football. I'm rarely in trouble. I stay off those lists. I'm always on time. I work extremely hard, he said. Whatever is required of me, I do it, and I do it to the best of my capabilities. It's just people on the outside don't understand that. They just see my last name on the field, he said. Now, when he's talking about feeling unsafe there on campus, and he does cite, you know, real a real incident in that stabbing, uh, I, I know that's going to rub people, you know, in that fan base the wrong way, and I understand it. I think anytime you have someone leaving who makes, you know, makes a statement like that, you're going to feel unhappy and salty about it. Uh, so I'm I'm not even singling out West Virginia when I say this, uh, but at the same time. I know that this happens, stuff like this happens with every fan base where, you know, when you have a player publicly announce his intentions to leave your university to go somewhere else, you're going to get nastiness on social media. I, I know that it happens, whether it's West Virginia fans, Miami fans, Clemson fans, Alabama fans, any fan base, you're going to have people that take out their frustration on the player. And yeah, you, it's easy for some folks to forget these are human beings. And I just, I want to try and spread a message of kindness and pos and positivity, right? Because Miami has had some players leaving the portal. Uh, you know, Cody Brown recently announced he's leaving the portal. I hope you guys are being civil to him and nice to him and wishing him luck. You don't need to attack players for making a decision that they feel like is the best thing for their future. For whatever reason that they're making it, whether they feel unsafe or they just want to join a certain coaching staff guys that they played with in high school they want to play with again in college or if they are getting an NIL bag somewhere else that they're not getting at their current spot. Uh, who are we to judge when a player is going out there trying to better his personal or his family situation? So let's let's try to be nice out there. And I'm not, I'm not even saying this just to West Virginia fans. I'm saying it to Miami fans as well because I've seen the same thing happen among the Miami fan base. So uh, yeah, the Miami Hurricanes... Pass rushing is about to get a lot better. You know, we already have Mitchell Agude transferred in from UCLA. Jafari Harvey is, of course, uh, expected, and we're crossing our fingers that he really breaks out this year. Chance Williams, and now you add Mesidor. Oh, you're going to have some options. Like You should be at least four deep with very capable defensive ends you've also added Jake Lichtenstein who I mentioned who may play more in the interior uh Antonio Moultrie has transferred in he's going to be a defensive tackle so you're adding a lot of depth and of course I mentioned defensive tackles as well because Mesidor he is capable of playing inside I think that he's probably best as an edge rusher but he's capable of playing inside as well this guy is going to have an immediate impact pro football focus uh, notes he played uh, 226 snaps at nose tackle and 207 at defensive tackle uh, back in 2020 as a true freshman he primarily played defensive end 
Uh, and yeah, they note he seems more likely to be an edge rusher this coming season. But this is going to be an immediate impact player. You got to love Miami adding Akeem Mesidor. I know that Virginia... Uh, West Virginia fans were shocked by this, and I know that there were other universities he considered playing for. He was also offered by USC, Auburn, and Tennessee, among others. And, you know, the Hurricanes held off Lincoln Riley, who I know is recruiting his butt off there with the USC Trojans, and it's great to see Akeem Mesidor coming to the Hurricanes. Coming up next, I haven't forgotten you guys. We've been taking interactions on social media. Uh, we got predictions from our listeners, and make sure you tweet us. You can tweet us 24-7, at LockedOnCanes is the Twitter account, at LockedOnCanes. You guys predicted, where is Miami going to finish in the ACC next year? Will they win the Coastal? Will they win an ACC title? What's the win-loss record going to be, and who are the losses going to come to? We'll go over your responses next here on Locked on Canes. Every day for the last several months, I have been taking AG1 from Athletic Greens. And guys, this is helping me so much with my energy, with my aging, because I'm pushing 40. I'm getting up there. I wanted to have better gut health. I wanted to optimize my immune system. And I hated taking those multivitamin pills every single day. I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. And I wanted to see what all the hype was about with AG1 from Athletic Greens. I love it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It's kind of a mild, tropical taste. And guys, I actually look forward to taking it every morning. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery. That's another big one. I've been working out a lot lately. Your focus, aging. That's pretty much all the things, my friends. I consume AG1 because I was tired of taking these multivitamins every day where I couldn't really feel a difference. Like I, I started to feel like a lot of this was a placebo. Was I ab actually absorbing it? I know with AG1 that I am. I take it every morning, guys. Uh, I'm not a big breakfast eater, so AG1, that's what I look forward to every day. And it's benefiting my energy. It's benefiting my recovery. And it actually tastes surprisingly delicious, guys. Right now, it is time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com college. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash college to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Make sure you tell your friends, Locked on Canes, five days a week at least. We had six episodes last week. We talked Miami Hurricanes football every single morning. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at Locked on Canes and make sure you subscribe to our podcast. And the Twitter community is growing every single day. Keep in mind, if you follow us, we will follow you back at Locked on Canes. And the question of the day yesterday, your expectation for Miami heading into the 2022 season? New era, new coaching staff, some new faces, a lot of the same players from last year, but new faces like Akeem Mesidor seem to be coming in every single day. 
How many games is Miami going to win? Where is Miami going to finish in the ACC? Uh, this was inspired by we read that prediction from USA Today yesterday that has Miami going seven and five in the regular season and finishing sixth in the Atlantic Coast Conference. So we've been taking your tweets. Yo Canes tweets to me. Miami's going to go nine and three. Losses, he says, to Texas A&M, to Clemson, and Virginia. But win the Coastal. Okay, that'd be progress. My prediction, personally, is 10 wins and a Coastal win, lose in the ACC championship game. Y.O. is pretty close to that. Losses to A&M, Clemson, Virginia, winning the Coastal, he says. Joe L. tweets to us. 9-3, and three, he says. Losses to Texas A&M and Clemson will most likely lose another. He says, yes, it's time to win the Coastal. Anything short of that would be a disappointing season. Go Canes, he says. I can co-sign with that, by the way. Uh, you know, Miami has only won the Coastal outright just one time since they joined the ACC back in 2004. You remember when Miami joined the ACC after just obliterating the Big East every single year, right? When Miami joined the ACC, the expectation was it's going to be Miami versus Florida State in the ACC championship game every single year. Now, Florida State... Overall, not in the last couple of years, but overall, they've done better at living up to that than Miami has. They've actually won a national championship during that era. Uh, Miami has been uh, has been in the mud, so to speak. But yeah, it's with, with this sort of coaching staff and these resources that Miami's building, you've got to be right in there for the Coastal winning it almost every single year, if we're being honest here. Uh, Prez tweets, he says Canes will go 10-2. and two. He's with me on that. They're going to beat Texas A&M, he says, lose to Clemson, and have an unexpected loss in there. He'll say Pitt for the second loss. VLKV tweets, I think we're mostly on board with three losses, he says. Texas A&M, Clemson, and some undeserving ACC opponent. Let's see what other big bodies the transfer portal holds. And he tweeted this, by the way, before Mesidor came aboard, because uh, I remember the timestamp on this tweet. And hopefully our talented but not quickly thinned out uh, uh, by health issues team can rally behind that mustache. Yeah, he's talking about the strength coach uh, and stay strong. Kevin Kane tweets, Miami's superior coaching will pay off year one. He says, we'll go 11-1, and one, he says, with a loss to Clemson, but then we'll beat Clemson in the ACC championship game in the rematch and sneak into the college football playoff. Your mouth to God's ears, Kevin. <laughs> Thank you for the optimism. Jimbo Jameson tweets, I don't know if he's related to Jimbo Fisher, but I, I don't you know, first name thing, I, I doubt that's how it works. He says, shiny new coaching staff but mostly the same players Miami will go eight and four and come in second in the coastal like usual Wow so that's where you guys have it um I do by the way I think that you guys made some great points uh, except for Jimbo was especially bullish or no sorry bearish it was Kevin who was especially bullish uh going with 11 and one ACC championship and college football playoff appearance I that's the sort I'm I'm going to think maybe year two or three under Cristobal. That's where I'm hoping to be. I'm not even setting the bar that high year one. I agree with uh, which one was it? The Joe L tweet that says anything short of the coastal would be a disappointing season. I, I tend to agree with that. Um, I do like a lot of you brought up the idea that you're probably going to win by surprise. Maybe one of those games against Texas A&M or Clemson, which are both going to be really tough road games. 
Um, so you may win one of those games, but then you're going to fall to somebody completely undeserving, right? Because we've seen this. Now, I don't think it's going to be Duke or Georgia Tech that gets you because those teams look horrific coming into this season. But, you know, you, you look at some of these other coastal opponents, Pittsburgh, they've snuck up on Miami before. Virginia has snuck up on Miami, Virginia Tech, right? Are you going to fall in one of these games that you're supposed to win? And not even mentioning North Carolina, by the way, because North Carolina uh, has had Miami's number. I probably should have mentioned them even before I mentioned some of those others. And we did get a tweet about that from VLKV, who says, hopefully it's not Mac Brown who gets us again. So You've got some, I mean, the Coastal Division, it's been the most uh, schizophrenic division in college football because it seems like anybody can beat anybody in that Coastal, Miami included. So when we come back, uh, I think this is pretty interesting. Uh, Alan Rubenstein from Kane'sWarning.com compiled some stuff, and he, he has determined that this opponent is the one that's most likely to give Miami that undeserved loss. This is the one that could be the trap game next year. We'll get into that after this. I am always getting in to all the numbers at betonline.net. Betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. There's so much going on, guys. Basketball playoffs, we're in the thick of it. My Miami Heat, they're off to a 2-0 start in the first round against Atlanta. Major League Baseball is in full swing. The hockey playoffs are coming up. College football is going to be back before you know it, by the way. Bet online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. I'm very avid in the gambling space, and I understand that, guys, analytics are not my strength. Trends are not my strength. I'm very much a, a regular statistics and eye test type of guy, but a resource like Bet Online gives me such an edge, guys, because you can dive into so much more information. And this is the stuff you need. If you really want to have an edge with your wagers, you need to get that edge at betonline.net. Head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Canes your first listen every day. Now for a big announcement. Starting next Thursday, April 28th, tune in to Locked On NFL Draft's live coverage of the 2022 NFL Draft with all three days of real-time analysis from our extensive lineup of experts and insiders. And for those of you dying to know who your team is going to take, catch Odyssey and Locked On NFL's Mock Draft special hosted by Brian Peacock and former scout Matt Williamson of the Peacock and Williamson NFL show all week leading up to the first pick. This is going down, my friends. Locked On NFL Draft Live will be on Locked On NFL Draft's YouTube page, and the Odyssey NFL Mock Draft will be on Odyssey and Locked On NFL's Draft Prospect Feeds. When is this going down, you might ask? Well, guys, remember the draft is next week. You can catch our coverage April 28th, 7 p.m. Eastern time before the first round. April 29th at 6.30 before the second and third rounds. And then day three, April 30th, starting at 11.30 a.m. in the Odyssey NFL Mock Draft coming up again on the 22nd and 25th. Remember, on tomorrow's episode, we will be keeping up with a cane. We're going to talk with a former Miami Hurricanes player. It's going to be a national champion, guys. We're going to talk to someone who won one, if not two, national titles at the U, which just reminds me of how stacked Miami was for that era when they were winning championships for fun, that you have multiple players 
who played at Miami, who not only experienced one, but in some cases multiple national championships on the field. So we were reading your tweets in the previous segment, and with a couple of exceptions, because there was one respondent who thought Miami is not going to be much better, if any better, next year, that it's going to be more of a long-term thing. One of you had the Hurricanes going 11-1 and and making it into the college football playoff, but most of you were somewhere in the middle and agreed that you know, Miami may end up winning one of those games they're not supposed to win because they're not supposed to beat Texas A&M. They're not supposed to beat Clemson. Maybe Miami will find a way to win one of those, but then they're going to lose a game to a quote-unquote undeserving team, a trap game, essentially. And I thought this was a good piece at Caneswarning.com that statistically, the trap game would most likely come against Virginia. So since joining the ACC, Miami in Charlottesville, because they've got to play Virginia on the road this year, Miami is 3-5 and five in Charlottesville. That's usually been their bogey spot when they go on the road. A lot of those losses happened during the Al Golden era. He was mud <laughs> against Virginia. Um, the Miami football team last won at Virginia 34-14 in 2016. Miami is 3-5 and five all-time at Virginia. The Cavaliers have defeated the Hurricanes in four of their last five in Charlottesville. Uh, and you're going to have a good quarterback showcase in that one. Brandon Armstrong for Virginia. Tyler Van Dyke for Miami. That's going to be a fun matchup. Armstrong last year had 268 yards and a touchdown and an INT. 19 yards rushing against Miami. So uh, here's, uh, here's what uh, 24-7 sports summarize here will Backus wrote this Miami has he said lofty expectations headed into its first season under Mario Cristobal with one of the nation's best quarterbacks in Tyler Van Dyke Virginia had to poach former Clemson offensive coordinator Tony Elliott when former head coach Bron- Bronco Mendenhall made the decision to step away from coaching so that's good do you guys agree that if you're talking about the trap game next year because we tend to look at you know team Virginia's in that conversation Pittsburgh has been in that conversation, Virginia Tech sometimes, but do you think Virginia here, because I agree with this, I think Virginia on the road in Charlottesville, if you're expecting Miami to lose one of these trap games, I think that could be the one that the Hurricanes lose. So let me know what you guys think. You can hit us up day and night on Twitter. Let's continue to grow the Twitter handle, at LockedOnCanes. You tweet us day and night. If you follow us, we are going to follow you back, guys. So we'll be keeping up with the Cane tomorrow. We'll wrap up the week right on a Friday. Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insights and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts.